Welcome to the podcast of Central Church. This is our latest weekly message. So um, how many of you have been at nothing so far this week? Okay, so hopefully you were alarmed by some of the sharing they were hearing that was going on. But um, um, for those that I irritated, you're welcome. I'm from, uh, my name's Brad. Eden was supposed to come with me, but she couldn't make it. That's my wife, and uh, we're from Abbotsford. And I, but actually something really curious happened tonight. Someone was wearing a shirt that, uh, of the province where I met my wife. Where'd you go? Stand up, please. Have a look. Saskatchewan, hard to spell, easy to draw. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I was going to talk about something else, but the worship was, was heading in a definite direction tonight. And, and I felt like I, I probably need to flow with that. That would be better. And I don't know if you um, experienced the same thing as me during the worship, but it was very much about this expansive vision of this world and what God is doing in it and wants to do in it. And how in a, even in this age of darkness and darkness and darkness, Light comes, and light wants to shine here, among us, among us as people, but also across your nation, that it would shine through the birds and the animals and the skies, the mountains. And it reminded me um, of Isaiah's vision for the new covenant kingdom where Christ is Lord. It is not exiting through death to the clouds. That's not the plan. That might be sort of on the way to the plan, but Isaiah has a very, very clear picture of this universe completely restored, the restoration of all things, cosmic redemption that includes this world. And as we were, as we were uh, worshiping and reflecting on some of those words, I was taking photos and he says, come like the dawn, like waves, like sunlight. Bring this world, this world, bring this world to life. Come like rain, like breath, like spring uh, time. Bring this world to life. The, the new covenant is about God's dream for this world. It's, it's like uh, God's I have a dream speech. And um, so as, I, as I'm worshiping, I was trying to, trying to send a photo over to Tara, and, um, and I'll go to Instagram and ship it over to you, and, and they're like, oh, wait, here's Albert Einstein. Listen to him. A human being is a part of the whole, called by us universe. He experiences himself. I'll say our. We experience ourselves, our thoughts and feelings, as something separated from the rest a kind of optical delusion of our consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest, near us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature. 
Nobody's able to achieve this completely, but striving for such achievement is in itself a part of the liberation and foundation for inner security. I'm, I'm a little skeptical that we could ever achieve that ourselves, but Isaiah foresees someone coming who can, whose vision of the new covenant kingdom is bigger than Jesus in my heart, bigger than Jesus in my family and my closest circle of friends, but expansive even across our body of Christ and the people beyond it, beyond people themselves to the creatures and what Canadian First Nations people call our relations, the salmon, the trees, the owls, the oceans. What if, what if salvation is our participation in God's dream for that future? Somebody else told me that this morning. Salvation is our participation in God's dream for this world and for this universe. And so um, I'm not just getting that from anywhere. I'm getting it from Isaiah. And I'm happy to say that Isaiah really informed our Lord Jesus Christ's sense of mission. He knew the scrolls of Isaiah intimately. The first time he preached in Luke chapter 4 in the synagogue in Nazareth, he stands up and he quotes from Isaiah's vision for the new future. And so what I thought we ought to do uh, briefly is, is, is to look at that vision and try not to look at it through a window. So what Einstein noticed there is that when we think about the broader creation, sometimes it's like we're looking at it as, sep as separate my friend Clinton down in New Zealand, he took me up on top of a mountain and we looked out at the ocean and we looked at some of the islands where the restoration of all things is beginning. They're actually, um, they're, they're, they're quarantining the island from invasive predators, both plants and animals, and beginning to cleanse the island, uh, island of that and, and the, to restore the natural plant life and bird life of that island. I'm like, that's interesting. But he said, as we're standing up there, he said, try not to look at this as separate. Try not to look at it as a window. Try to understand we're in it. And so there is even a kind of an environmentalism that, may, that, that wants to be non-human. No, the hum humans are part of it. And we haven't stewarded it very well, judging by the plastic on the beach. But the solution isn't getting rid of humanity. We're in it. And we're part and parcel and participation, uh, participants of, of, the, of this dream that Isaiah has. So I want, I want to read you a few passages of that dream. And then we'll, we'll step into kind of a summary vision of it together in prayer. And we'll see where we go from there. The first passage is from Isaiah 35, 1 to 10. It might, it might help you to watch this in your hearts. So you're even welcome to close your eyes if, if that helps, but you don't have to. Uh, but here's the beginnings of Isaiah 35, Abba's dream for a new and restored world. The deserts and parched land shall rejoice the wilderness exult and bloom like a rose. It surely shall bloom and exult. Yes, exult 
and sing out in gladness. Lebanon's glory is given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They shall behold the Lord's glory, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the slackened hands, bolster the tottering knees. Say to the fearful of heart, be strong, do not fear. Look, your God in vengeance shall come. God's retribution shall come and rescue you. From what? The darkness. From death. From fear. Then shall the eyes of the blind be open, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame skip like a stag, and the tongue of the mute sing in gladness. For water shall break forth in the desert, and brooks in the wilderness. The heat-scorched ground shall become like a lake, and the thirsty soil springs of water. Where a jackal's abode was, its lair, now a courtyard for reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there. Oh no, not a highway. That will ruin everything. No, a holy way it shall be called. No unclean thing shall pass over it. But it shall be for him and her who goes on the way. And fools shall not wander there. No lion shall be there, nor wild beasts go upon it. There the redeemed shall go. Those ransomed by the Lord shall return and come to Zion with glad song. Joy everlasting on their heads. Delights and joy they attain and sorrow and sighing shall flee. And I turn to Isaiah and I say, what is this? Some sort of hippie sunflower festival in the sky? No, he replies, it's Abba's dream for this world. Behold, that means look on purpose with the eyes of your heart. Look at what Isaiah saw. Look, it's not Isaiah's vision, it's Abba's vision. And Abba's going to establish that, and he begins to do so with the coming of his son. I was really inspired by a passage many years ago, probably 30 years ago in Tom Sines' Mustard Sea Conspiracy. And he's, I'm going to para, paraphrase this, but it just like moved me. And it's right out of this thing in Isaiah. So here it is. I see the desert, cracked clay and sunbaked. Nothing can grow there. No one can live there. But from the horizon, I see a silver ribbon snaking its way towards me. It starts as a distant tiny creek. It grows into a crystal clear freshwater stream teeming with sparkling fish. Can you see it? The river grows miraculously wider and deeper as it flows. And on its banks, wildflowers start to sprout and bloom, brush, and small trees become great cedars. Their branches harbor a numberless choir of songbirds. I heard them this morning outside my window. And it feels like a mirage, but I'm drawn to these signs of life, and not only me. From every direction, others are coming. Individuals, families, groups, villagers. I see 
merchants from the streets of Thailand. I see black and white South Africans coming together hand in hand. I see caravans of Aboriginal people crossing the desert. I see them converging from around the globe and their bodies form that highway. A homecoming, a multi-ethnic company of former enemies and animals and children and predators and victims converging to be a highway. I see a woman carrying a malnourished infant, a lame beggar hobbling on makeshift crutches. I see a blind man groping his way ahead. I see a terminally ill pilgrim, too weak to walk. But this great company of the least and lost, they're coming together and they're helping each other. And they're stumbling forward into this kingdom vision. And they're loving each other and they're sharing nurture and nourishment and offering real aid, actually caregiving. And with each step, as they come closer into this kingdom vision, they're being energized. And I see weak legs growing muscles. I see lethargic people being energized. I see the layman casting his cane aside. And his legs are strengthened. The blind and the deaf and the terminally ill are now, now, now here, hopping and leaping and praising God. This enormous column marches in royal procession, disarming themselves, dismantling their weapons, creating harmony, becoming a family. Death and the fear of death are dissolved before my eyes. Our nonviolent march leads us right to the foot of a mountain. And we begin to pick our way up through the boulders and up into the mountains and into the switchbacks, and we're walking back and forth, higher and deeper into this mountain. And we pick up the pace, and we begin to chant with anticipation the words of C.S. Lewis, further up and further in, further up and further in, further up and further in. And I see a child boldly leading a lion, calling us up Mount Zion to the temple of the Lord. And I ask Isaiah, what, what is this? Some sort of bleeding heart vision of, a, of a, the United Nations. Says, no, this is Abba's dream for the future. And he opens the scroll again, and we're in Isaiah 2. And it shall happen in the future days that the mount of the Lord's house shall be firm, founded at the top of the mountains, and lifted over the hills, and all the nations shall flow to it. And many people shall go and say, Come, let us go up to the mount of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For from Zion shall teaching come forth in the Lord's word from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations and be an arbiter for the peoples, and they shall grind their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks, and nation shall not raise sword against nation, nor shall they learn war anymore. When? In the clouds of heaven? No. When Christ shall come. O house of Jacob, let us walk 
in the Lord's light. And we come up to a plateau, and I see the great city of God, its gates always open. And we hear the spirit, and we hear the bride, and they're crying out, Come, follow the river of life. Enter the gates, join the great multitude gathering in the square. Behold, open the eyes of your heart. The great banquet is prepared. Jesus' favorite imagery for the kingdom of God. An international open banquet. And now the host comes. He's hosting fine linen, dipped in blood. It's his own blood, reminding us how we got here, reminding us what we do, reminding us how he responds. And he responds with glowing hospitality. He's joyfully welcoming us, proclaiming, all oppression is ended, all sins forgiven, amnesty. Proclaim, proclaim the feast of the Lord, the banquet of our God. And Isaiah chimes in, this is Abba's vision. This is his dream for our world. And he opens the scroll again to chapter 25. And the Lord shall prepare a banquet for all the peoples on this mountain. A banquet of rich food, a banquet of well-aged wines, rich food with marrow, well-aged wines, fine strained. Even the vegans are welcome. And he shall swallow up on this mountain the veil that covers all the peoples and the mantle cast over the nations. And he shall swallow up death forever. And their master Lord shall wipe tears from every face. And his people's disgrace, he shall take off the face of the earth. For the Lord has spoken. Abba's dream for our world. No more tears, no more fear, no more disease, no more poverty, no more oppression, no more exclusion, no more hatred, no more starving, no more isms. No more, no more, no more. Wipe the tears away. And he's not alone in his vision of this downpour of Abba's dream for a world. The other prophets saw it too. I love, I love the imagery and the beauty of Micah's vision for that same world, this same world. Here's what he says in chapter 4. And it shall happen in future days that the mount of the Lord's house shall be firm founded at the top of the mountains, lifted over the hills, and the people shall flow to it. Many nations shall go and say, Come, let us go up to the mount of the Lord and to the house of Jacob's God, that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk in his paths. For from Zion shall teaching come forth, and the Lord's word from Jerusalem, and he shall judge among the peoples, 
and be an arbiter to vast nations far away, and they shall grind their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not raise sword against nation, nor shall they learn war anymore. We won't even train. And they shall dwell each man beneath his vine, beneath his fig tree, with none to make him tremble. For the mouth of the Lord of armies has spoken. For all the people shall walk each in the name of his God, and we shall walk in the name of the Lord our God forever. On that day, said the Lord, I will gather the lame one, and the outcast I will take in, and to whom I did harm, and I will make the lame one a remnant, and the flailing, flailing one a vast nation, and the Lord shall reign over them on Mount Zion, hence and forevermore. Won't that be wonderful? Someday. And then Jesus comes. Jesus comes. And Jesus dreams Isaiah's dream. He dreams Micah's dream. He dreams his Abba's dream for this world. He plants the mustard seed of the kingdom of God. And he does not diminish or reduce or defer that vision to the sweet by and by off in the pie in the sky. Why, oh, why? We're not meant to just pray that the Lord would speed his coming. Certainly, we're not to instigate Armageddon to make him come. That was never the plan. And Jesus comes and he quotes Isaiah 61. You remember that? The spirit of the law, sovereign Lord is upon me to preach good news to the poor. And he begins to go through sight to the blind. Cleansing to the leper. The deaf will hear. And he goes on and then he gets to, to the jubilee year. The year of freedom. Of our Lord. And then he sits down in the temple. He, find, he, he rolls up the scroll. He sits down. And they're like, whoa, yeah, that was great. Whew, amen. And it's like, oh, by the way, ugh, today, today, today it begins. Today it started. It's not tomorrow. It's not someday. It's not up there and out there. Today, this word, this dream, it's fulfilled in your hearing. Today, Abba's dream is launched. Here I am. And then... He turns to me, and he says, to me, this is Abba's dream for a new world. Would you like to sign up? It's sort of like, follow me, take up your cross, let's do this thing. You want to do this thing? Do you want to restore all things? Behold, I'm making all things new. Want to play? Jesus says in Mark 4, what shall we say that God's kingdom is like? What picture shall we give it? It's like a grain of mustard seed. When it's sown on the ground, it's the smallest of all seeds in the earth. But when it's sown, it springs up and becomes the biggest of all shrubs. It grows large branches so that the birds of the air may make their nests within its shade. 
And he continues, I was the child. I was the child born, the son given. And Abba's leadership rests on my shoulders. And he opens the scroll to Isaiah, chapter 9. My name is called Wonderful Counselor. My name is called Divine Warrior, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace, making leadership abound in peace without end, on the throne of David and over my kingdom, to make it firm, founded and stay it up in justice and righteousness forevermore. It's not a foretaste. It's an invitation. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Ho! All who are thirsty, come to the waters. Come by and drink. Why go off and buy stuff that leaves you hungry? Why drink stuff that just dehydrates you? Could I install a fountain, a spring inside of you? <gasps> One that gushes up to eternal life. and You'll never be thirsty again. I want to take you back to one more vision. This is now John the Revelator, and he's in the book of Revelation. He's at the end of Revelation. He's seen all these visions. He knows Abba's dream for the new world. I like to think he sees it coming, but it'd even be better if he knows it's here. The kingdom of God is among you. Are you thirsty? It's the question that opens the door of the city and leads the way into it as far as the river's source. It's the invitation question of the spirit and the bride to the nations outside. It's the question Revelation 21 and 22 asks both then and now. Are you thirsty? And I've marinated in those chapters now again and again and again. I suppose since 2009, an Abba's vision emerged in me. You want to see it? I'll just undo my shirt. No, that's not what we'll do. I'll open up my heart. And now I would ask you this time, let's all just close our eyes. And as best you can, don't watch this through a window. Step into it with all five senses. This is our listening prayer exercise. And if you just like totally don't want to do it, that's all right. Sort of. So we're going to behold a city, a great city, a city that's come down out of heaven, a city of our God, a city made of a bride. Lost souls languish outside the gates of the great city. Their thirst is deepening as they fester in the smoking valley of Gehenna. Time has lost all meaning in this non-life of non-being. Lips and hearts are cracked with hopelessness like baked clay. Their time to choose has passed. Their judgment is just and certain. Death eternal is their lot. They cannot even make themselves care. Hell. 
And then an intrusive question forms in their hearts. Are you thirsty? Beyond ludicrous, the question reawakens the exiles to their torment and it intensifies their thirst. Are you thirsty? They recall the pointless supplication, have pity on me and send someone to dip a fingertip of water to cool my tongue because I'm in agony and fire. It's hopeless. But the question's begun its work like a mustard seed. Their hearts gaze longingly at the city walls. And the question has energized a plea. What if we trudged out a pilgrimage to Zion's gate? What if we sought an audience with the king? What if, hope against hope, someone opened the gates? Even without hope or courage, the thirst itself drives them. Are you thirsty? There's no choice now. They must try. And even as the damned set their hearts upon the journey, while still a good distance away, the heart of God is already turned toward them. Abba. For the question came from his throne. And it was amplified beyond the city walls by the voice of the bride and the spirit. Come, come to the waters. Are you thirsty? And the question and its answer gushes out of the gates with life-giving rivers of liquid love. And Christ, the river of living water, pours out of those open gates and into the valley of death itself. Streams flow into Gehenna, where green shoots start to spring up on widening banks and moisture feeds the valley. Parched for love and life, the outcasts rush to the river, falling on their faces to lap up the sparkling water. Tasting the goodness gives them a thirst for even more. Are you thirsty? Oh, yes. They're drawn freely yet irresistibly to follow the river upstream and its path welcomes them right in through the open gates, beckons them up the streets, a clear path to the mountain source, to God himself. And the rapids of God's love flow out of the city. So the nations stream into the city, joining the bride, exalting the bride, becoming the bride ready for the love of her king. My vision, Isaiah's vision, John's vision, Abba's vision. It's a hymn of grace. It's an invitation to the Jesus way of a restored cosmos. And it's not someday. It's today. Today, who wants to participate in restoring all things? Who would like the grace to sign up for that show? Now, I'm going to do something very strange. You're welcome to come out of the vision if you like. You don't have to, but here's what's strange. I'm going to quote a Christmas carol. But it's more than a Christmas carol. It's a grace invitation to the Jesus way. It's it's calling us today to see the vision, to hear it, and to get up and follow and say, yes, I want this. It's called O Holy Night. See, we're in a great night right now. We're in a terribly dark night. 
in human history. But, but what if Christ, the light of the world, has entered the darkness? Maybe it's a holy night. And just um, this time, like, I guess you could go into your heads and listen to this. Or you could listen with your hearts. But maybe can you hear the words without the Christmas paraphernalia? Oh, holy night. The stars are brightly shining. It's the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees. Hear the angel voices, O night divine, O night when Christ was born. Not someday, here in our darkness. He knows our need to our weakness, no stranger. Behold, look with the eyes of you in your heart. Uh, behold your king. Before him lowly bend. I go prostrate. Behold your king, your king before him bend. Truly he's drawn us to love one another. His law is love. His gospel's peace. Chains shall break for the slave is our brother. And his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus raise we let all within us praise his holy name. Christ is the Lord. Then ever, ever praise him. His power and his glory evermore proclaim. His power and his glory evermore proclaim. So, Father in heaven, we thank you that you have not abandoned us or this world. You've not put a big X on this project and just given us a death way out to another plane. But it is your intention to restore all things through your son and his bride. And today we say, yes, today today. I just see him giving you a little mustard seed because you won't need to be grandiose for this vision. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. They'll be comforted. Blessed are the meek. They will inherit this earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice. They will be filled. Blessed are the merciful. They will obtain and become mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. They'll be called sons and daughters, children of God. Blessed are the persecuted. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are you when men despise you and revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of nasty things about you for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven, and that's how they treated the prophets who came before you. You're the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its savor, what good is it to be, except to be thrown out and trampled under, underfoot? But you're the light of the world. A city on a hill that can't be, won't be hidden. Neither do men light a lamp and put it under a basket. They put it on a lampstand in the middle of the house, and it shines on everybody. So, let your light so shine that they may glorify our Father in heaven, our Abba's dream. Amen. So I think if there's going to be prayer and participation, I, I want to give it over to you again. Is that all right? Yeah. Thank you, Brad. Does this good, I think, sometimes to to hear words like that again because they cast our eyes and our vision onto like the cosmic thing and it's what you said at the beginning is so well Einstein said it it's so easy for us to get locked into our narrow world because that's the most demanding thing in most of our lives like the immediate and the day-to-day -day and the the needs of those most around us and we can forget that there's this beautiful unfolding great vision of God the kingdom to come that's unfurling in us and around us and through us and so thank you for lifting our eyes up onto that again and I think what I would like us to do to maybe ground this without it becoming narrow again um, is I would actually just like each one of us to ask God, where is our little ground that he's calling us to sow seeds of the kingdom that bring life to this world? Where is our place of participation? Um, so why don't you just close your eyes and um, just, we've been sitting together in, in a sense before the spirit of God and just as God is here with us, and his spirit is in, her, in us. Would you ask God to give you a picture or the word of a, the place where this week he's asking you to sow light and love and life? And then maybe you'd like to ask the Holy Spirit to give you the courage and the faith and the patience and the gentleness with which to sow those seeds in that ground. Father God, we want to be participants of your dream. We want to be those who say yes with our lips, with our hearts, and with our hands.
So would you help us? Amen. You know, um, Tom Wright says, you know, the church, God's people, I'll say God's people often lack imagination for just what it is that God wants us to do. Sometimes it's not that we're not willing. Sometimes it's, it's not that we're not able. Sometimes it's just that we lack imagination for the places where life is going to spring up amongst us. And we need to like, Holy Spirit, give us a fresh imagination for what the goodness of the kingdom looks like in our workplaces, in our schools, in our families, in our neighbourhoods, in our service stations, in our supermarkets, that we would see and imagine, imagine what this could look like. So maybe just as we're finishing up, we've got a few minutes, maybe just like to talk to the people next to you. I think it'd be really good for us to try to put some words to what we were feeling in our hearts as Brad was talking. And then even if, if God's spirit is, you know, encouraging us and remind us of the places where we sow his goodness, maybe we can share that with one another. And so we can go from this place having encouraged one another with, with that tangibility of this dream. Is that good? So let's just do that for a few minutes and then I'll just bless us before we go. Okay, well, feel free to continue your conversations in a moment, but um, just when Carolyn was talking about that imagination, I was just reminded of a, a Franciscan benediction that I've spoken out over us before, but I thought, it's, I, I love it, so I thought I'd, I'd speak this benediction over us again to, to close tonight. So uh, let this be us, be true for us. May we sink into this. Uh, May God bless us with discomfort at easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships, so that we may live deep within our hearts. May God bless us with anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people, so that we may work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless us with tears to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, starvation, and war, so that we may reach out our hands to comfort them and turn their pain into joy. And may God bless us with enough foolishness to believe that we can make a difference in this world so that we can do what others claim cannot be done. And we all said, Amen. Bless you all. Thank you, Brad. Go out with that discomfort. Bless you. Thanks for listening. If you want to check out more about Central, visit us at centralchurch.org.au. Music by Chris D'Souza, a beloved member of Central.